sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the California Penal League podcast. I am Steve. With me, as always, is Chris and Fabs. We are the podcast that is hopelessly devoted, I guess, to Cleveland baseball. Always optimistic. We will have plenty to say as the season wraps up here. But that's hey, that's us. We love the we love the Guardians. I guess I have to. I'm, I'm working my way through. We got a week. We got a that. week. Yeah. Still say Indians for the next. I'm week. trying, but I'm trying to get myself into the Guardians groove here because I want to. I want to. I want to start saying it. You know, it's because I, I don't want to mess it up a lot. Get ahead of the curve. I'm, I'm, I'm starting yeah, exactly. Like, I'm in like a pretty good mental space with us being the Guardians. Like I'm like I'm kind of excited. I'm into it right now. I'm I'm yeah. ready. I'm so ready. I've read enough social media comments f- for oh. a lifetime to be like. I'm so excited to be the guardians to just like piss off these people who are like utterly insane. And like the depravity of the social media comments around the name yes. change that, that are still to this day. Like I'm glad for that. Like, I'm just excited that these people get to be just pissed. I, I can't, I can't take it. Don't anymore. always, always be the Indians to me. Just like, you know, Georgia will always be a Confederate state to me. Like, but it's not. Move, I don't mean that in a racist way. <laughs> you don't get it. I don't mean it in a so, racist way. It's like so. Oh, okay. Actually, it's okay. So, Steve, you're making this like stream of consciousness thought pattern, which is dangerous. So, um, two things quickly. A one hundred percent. I went to the final game. The Indians gave me some comp tickets from a three hour rain delay. So I decided to take a little bit of a lunch yesterday on, or on Monday, most expensive lunch I've ever had downtown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, you had, yeah, I, I had comp tickets, you know, I had a, I had to get the, the elephant ears, the, uh, Oh yeah. The, like the 17 bratwursts. And of course. Then I felt like garbage the rest of the day. Your bum um, was sore. Oh, <laughs> the source that has ever been in many moons. But no, the there were so many people there. And afterward on Twitter that like, there's a t-shirt from a t-shirt company in Cleveland. I won't name names because I do like some of their work. But it's basically like an epitaph of like this like yeah. tombstone. Yeah. Of, you know, and I'm like, the team's not dying folks it's just the name and people are acting and people were acting at the game like the team was freaking dying they were leaving right and and, and leaving yes yes and the other thing is you said it wasn't racist did you catch the news the other day that former cars salesman and snake oil salesman bernie moreno was trying to buy the Indians for a billion dollars in crypto. Oh my God. And he wasn't going to isn't change the name. Isn't he's he a good, candidate isn't he a, for something He's now a congressional in, candidate now. Yeah. 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 But he was going to pay a billion dollars in crypto. And the first order of business was not to change the name. Dude. And he is quoted as saying is it's nothing political. That's a, well, that's a, you know, that's, that is the like, biggest load ever. Yeah, all these guys jump in, you know, Josh Mandel, who's a worthless piece of shit, 
Hey, he hops in. He hey, he follows us on social. Josh Mandel follows us on social. He does. The Congress, like the guy running for Senate. Yeah. Yeah, he blocks his ass. We're done. I'm I'm gonna be blocking him tonight. <laughs> we should, no, I didn't trick know him. that. Let's, let's trick yeah, him into we want to have him on to talk us. about like let's have him on to talk about like his platform and then we just like say a bunch of like really insane shit to him. Yeah, I just or we can say insane shit to us. I just wanted <laughs> to see how long he very kept much following will. us before he was like I've made a mistake. Oops, I gotta I find. Yeah, I'm. I'll be looking that up after this, and, and um, I can't remember. I can't remember which one it is, but I noticed it, and I was like, like "This what? is a joke, right?" Like, nope. Blue check everything. I'm pretty sure it was Twitter. Uh, so I was like, "That's well, no, incredible." I, yeah. See you later, buddy. Yeah, Bernie Mer- Bernie Moreno is uh, going to be running for Senate, so yeah, definitely won't win that. Because uh, he's a goddamn psychopath, but uh, best mm-hmm. of luck. Well, that seems to play pretty right. well, actually. That plays pretty well in Ohio right now on that yeah, side. So yeah. we're he actually <laughs> well, might have. Well, a that shot. leads me to a whole other idea that doesn't belong in this podcast. That Northeast Ohio needs to seed from Ohio, dude. Yes, grab Columbus and just like no seventy one Columbus. Just, sorry, you're on your own, buddy. Make it a penis, a penis shape. Columbus will be the tip. Yeah, <laughs> or like do one so of those like gerrymandered tip. districts where like yes. somehow there's like one road that leads from Cleveland to Columbus that like is a dude's district that like connects both Columbus yes. and Cleveland. <laughs> That's what they would do. They would combine that and then like Athens. They just have this really bizarre like crazy right. shaped district that stretches all of Ohio. Yeah, exactly. There are some down south. I mean, that's how Dan Crenshaw is in uh, Texas. I know his district is insane. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like really nuts. Um, But yeah, that wasn't how I expected this episode to start. That's interesting, though. Like uh, doing a bid in crypto is super fascinating to buy a team. Hmm. It was interesting that that was his proposal. I kind of hope there's some like kid who was mining Bitcoin years ago who's like, I have like 30 Bitcoin. I'll go shopping for a team, I guess. Hmm. Well, the founder of the Bitcoin is is a, a mystery, and so that guy could just like come out of the woodwork, cash in all of his Bitcoin, tank the price, I guess, which actually probably oh, yeah, would that happen. Would destroy the market, yeah, that would destroy the but, market. But he or he could cash in like some of it and uh, and go and buy a team, like if if he found like enough like willing parties. But sure. it would probably. I'm I'm pretty sure that like the majority of Bitcoin is owned by like five people, and like if any of them sell. That's the end of that. It so, crumbles. This is a this is a, co- a topic for another day, but <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about crypto, crypto another corner. Time. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we could be a sponsor. We could have a segment sponsored by Coinbase. Let's go. That'd be cool. We're trying to get FanDuel on our picks. Which, uh, if anybody's following our NFL picks, you're. Losing with all of us, I think. You so are not, an idiot. <laughs> but you're not losing that badly. You're only losing like yeah. one not more game yet. per week. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> it's, it's, not yet. And, it's enough, it's enough to keep picks, you chasing the dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this week's picks, I'm not confident in any of them yet again. So I don't, I might go over five this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. First That's my over. teaser. If yeah. you go over five, you have to jump in Lake Erie with Hugh Jackson. Uh-oh. Naked with Hugh Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he had a heart um, condition. That's why he couldn't do that. Oh, and okay. it was also like the middle of the summer <laughs> when he did it. 
So this, this should tell you this this opener should tell you how how the Indian season is ending. Uh, I wouldn't say, but I wouldn't We're say it's uh, five hundred. <laughs> I would. Well, that's the thing is the the quest for five hundred marches on. When this episode comes out, actually, the season will have wrapped up. So hopefully, the Indians will have pulled it off. But the the quest for five hundred is still on, and it's it's within reach, and we'll see if they can get it. But you know, I mean, there's been some. There's been some. Depends on your threshold of watching, like, you know, fringe guys for next year trying to make their case for the roster. It's like, unlike other Septembers where there was a, you know, the the floodgates were open on the roster and anybody could basically come up. There's no room for any like prospects, and if you're not paying attention to like the minor league playoffs and stuff, you're just kind of still watching. Like, you might just be sitting there being like, "Why am I watching?" like Owen Miller right now and like, you know, you Chang at first base. So I find that to be exciting. I find it to be exciting, but other people might not. I uh, Yes. Same here. And, and if you're not following the minor league playoffs, just follow our social account. We had that covered. We had that on lockdown. Yeah, we got you dude. Yeah. And also like, just as a note to anybody who cares, my, am I, M I L B TV dot TV typically is free. Like, the last like month plus of the season and you can watch like minor league games and, and the playoffs and stuff for free. So it's pretty sweet. So keep that as a note for next year, but we'll get into some more Indian stuff here in a little bit because there's far more exciting things happening in baseball other than the Indians <laughs> finding their way to 500. The most exciting thing, two exciting things going on right now, uh, the AL wild card. And as of right now, the St. Louis Cardinals have won their 17th game in a row, which is wild to me. And no one, I mean, people have definitely started to talk about it, but like, I feel like it really snuck under the radar where like one day we all woke up and we're like, what the fuck just happened? The Cardinals are, Cardinals are leading the second wild card by six games. Like, how did this happen? And uh, I guess that's what happens when you win 16, 17 in a row. So Cardinals are doing their thing. That's bonkers. Like going like ten and if they just went ten and six, which is like a really good sixteen game stretch, they would be tied with the Reds. If you're a Reds fan, like I would be just so pissed off right now. Right. If I was a Reds fan, I'd start looking at making trades of outfielders <laughs> to teams for like a Zach Plesic or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just throwing I mean, out there. I'm just, just, I'm just like off the top of my head, just spewing nonsense. <laughs> well, we'll say the Cardinals like. When I look at their roster, it's actually not super surprising that they've played this well in the second half. Like, it's really a good team. Like, as always, the Cardinals are, like, good as hell. Like, when you have Paul Goldschmidt, who's red hot, Nolan Arenado, who's, like, been, like, okay by his standards and still has, like, 35 homers. Um, Tyler O'Neill's been really great. The pitching staff without even Jack Flaherty and Dakota Hudson has been nuts. Like 40 year old Adam Wainwright is just like unbelievable. And then they've got just like a bunch of guys who are pitching. Well, I mean, it's like the giants where you look at their roster and you're like, what's going on here. And it's just a bunch of dudes playing well. I mean, it's a really well constructed roster. And the interesting thing for the Cardinals though, is that like (laughs) their prize for winning a bajillion games in a row here is that they'll have to play either the giant, Giants or the Dodgers in the wild card. And if they like somehow win that, then they have to play the other team in the NLDS. <laughs> yeah. So like, they'll, they'll have be fun the with that, man. Team. They'll be the visitor for both. So 
Good luck. I wouldn't. I'll tell you what, though. If I was either the Dodgers or the Giants, I sure shit wouldn't want to play those guys. No. I, I mean, the Dodgers got to be the the Giants are playing with house money because they weren't expected to be here. But if I'm the Dodgers, man, I'm like sweating it out. Oh, yeah. And the Dodgers and Giants are actually like really fun to watch in the playoffs because those two teams fucking hate each other. And I'm actually it would be very fun to watch them go ahead. One, a one game. I, yeah, I, can't I don't want to watch anybody die, though. No. That's fair. In the States. Well, they're not like, like that, though. They're like a respectable rivalry. Like, I never get the sense that like a brawl is going to break out between the Giants and um, Dodgers. Giants and Dodgers is like where you got to worry. Like I, I literally won't. That's go for to the those fans. Games. That's for the guy got pummeled and is in a coma still. Well, okay, I'm talking yeah. fans. I'm not that talking like Giants. players on the field. Yeah, I'm talking fans. Yeah, no, well, no, I don't care about the, the players. Fans. No, no, I'm talking. Let the fans kill themselves. Dodgers, I don't care, whatever. The do- okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do this as an LA person. Dodger fans definitely get a bad rap. They're they're pretty every I've never had a I've been to probably twenty Dodger games. I've literally never had one bad fan experience or interaction. And I've gone to like four Indians games where they played the Dodgers wearing Indian stuff and no one said like anything to me. So like they've been cool in my experience. But yeah, that that I think what was that was fight? Brian Stowe is uh they, it was like three or four drunk Dodger fans like opening yeah, day I attacked mean, an EMT who was like with his son and like Jesus. his like young son and they like beat him into a coma and he Dude. he's like on he's in a wheelchair he'll be like in a long term disability forever. Oh my god, yeah, I think he's that's horrible. Like yeah, yeah. It's insane. I joke about like fans beating the shit out of each other because I like to watch the videos and stuff, but like that's awful. Could you imagine like throwing your life away because like some dude wore like the other team's jersey like when. I just like I I can't I don't know that that's crazy to me I, yeah. I just I don't, like the things sports do to people like when I was younger when I was younger I used to be like fuck you you know when I'd see like a Yankees fan or something at like Progressive Field I'd yeah. you know be all amped up or whatever but now that I'm older and I have kids and everything I'm like I couldn't imagine like like doing uh, that with my kids ridiculing or just doing it in general now yeah. Doing it in general, let alone like <laughs> punching a dude in the face and like paralyzing him with my buddies because like he was the fan of another team. That's so fucked up. I just can't. I don't know. That's just so crazy. Sports are weird. It was. Man. I'm having some anxiety about the in in two weeks. So like probably the week you'll hear this episode, the Browns are playing the Chargers in L.A. So we're taking my my six year old son to his first football game, and I my dad and brother are going. And so, like, I'm like, I think it will be okay because it's gonna, it's against the Chargers, and their fans are like a little calmer. Like, Rams fans are pretty insane. Uh, they get like, they're I don't even think Chargers fans are know where they're charge, at. Are there like, other Charger fans anymore? They're, I was gonna say like, they just, it's Charger just people coming into the stadium. Herbert. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's that's true because of Justin Herbert. But like, I don't think there okay. is like, in, so there's gonna be a good number of Browns fans there. So like, sure. I'm, I, I'm like I'm not as nervous. If it was a Ram, I wouldn't take him to a Rams game though. Like until he's like, so you should there. you should get your son a Ryan Leaf jersey just to antagonize the Chargers. Fans. He does have a Ladanian Tomlinson jersey that like, Ooh, okay, like legit. It's like an old school like late '90s, early 2000s. It's pretty awesome. That's, that's cool. Pretty legit. That's yeah. a sweet jersey. Yeah, yeah. That's it's really good. cool. So the NL is like pretty wrapped up. It's just kind of like oh well, the Dodgers. Or Giants win the NL West. It's kind of whatever at this point. It's like 
you know, cool. Hey, Cincinnati but, has like a point zero five chance of making it too. Could you imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> if like the the Cardinals win seventeen in a row and then just like fuck up and lose the rest of the way? <laughs> lose the rest, like hilarious. the Reds. <laughs> I actually wonder if they're are they eliminated after tonight? Yes, the Reds actually are. No, they're gone with that se- the seventeen points. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. they clinched. The yep. Cardinals clinched tonight. Yep. Okay. So the NL is wrapped up. The yeah, AL wild card, on the other hand, is super fun because you have the Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners, Blue Jays, and then uh, A's all within like three games of each other, which is super oh, cool. It's so tasty. Um, so tasty. So yeah, and like the Mariners and A's currently are in like an elimination series. So whoever comes out on that basically has the upper hand, and the other is eliminated, and then. Yankees and Blue Jays are playing right now. Um, so it's it's pretty sweet. The uh, AL wildcard is going to be a lot of fun. It'll probably still end up being the friggin' Yankees and Red Sox. And yeah. We'll hear about it, but whatever. I for, I, I did want to mention, too, um, and if you said this, I apologize for not paying attention, but the Braves and Phillies are battling it out for the NL East. What is that they're, right now? They're in a, it, LA, or um, LA, Atlanta has got like a game and a half, two game lead. Three and a half. Heading right in now. tonight. Oh, it's three and a half. Yeah, okay. they won tonight. They That's, beat the yeah, Phillies that, tonight. Well, two to one. Okay, then I think well, the Phillies are. If they, uh, if the Phillies, what they, what have two more they games have to, with like, them? Win out basically. Two more. Right. Yeah, they win the next two. Then they're only a game and a half. And I think they they play the extra game. So yeah, if they win out in this series and they win the extra game, then they're only one game back with three to go. Yeah, actually, that's so a, a good lot segue. Has to happen, but it's still, still possible. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty dim, but so that's uh, one that's kind of fun to keep an eye on too. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, this is a, it's a decent enough segue. Thinking about the NL MVP, as because I think that one's pretty compelling. Because I think the AL MVP personally is like a no brainer, but the NL, where do you where do you guys fall on the NL MVP? And who it should be. Because I got my choice, but I want to hear what you guys think. Okay, I need to look at updated stats real. Give me. I don't disagree with your choice. How about that? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. So basically, you've got three guys right now between Fernando Tatis, Bryce Harper, and Juan Soto. And literally, like when you look at their offensive stats, just like on a surface level, they're almost like all identical. I mean, it's unbelievable how close. It's like, okay. Juan Soto draws more walks and doesn't strike out, whereas uh, Fernando Tatis has like 41 homers and Bryce Harper's just doing it all. So when you look, and and like their WRC pluses are all pretty close. Like Harper's a 173, Soto's a 168, Tatis is a 159. And when then you dig a little deeper into their advanced stats, they're all in like the top percentiles for everything. Like it's, it's just really cool how close they all are. The only thing I would say about Juan Soto that that would separate him would be his plate discipline and his defense. He's like one of the best defensive players in baseball right now. And you can't say the same for the other two. And if that matters to you, that would play a big role because at the end of the day, like none of those teams are making the playoffs. So like there isn't that. Yeah. There isn't that's that. where it's going to be hard for all three too. Is their teams not making the playoffs? 
and the Nationals are god awful. But yeah, but I don't really prescribe much to that because what's there? There are those there are those old right. time voters Look. though. Well, I'm just you know, I'm I'm just playing devil's no, I'm advocate. With, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. But then it's like, well, then should have Mike Trout ever won an MVP? <laughs> well, I mean, he'd be the least uh, deserving candidate ever to win. If, know, if we went by those same, standards. Yeah. But at the same time, I think they. Uh, the justification is like, well, how much worse would they be without him? Okay, well, how much worse would the Nationals be? They'd be like a 40-win team? Yeah. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah. again, so if... It'd be the Orioles, 51 and 106. <laughs> Jesus. Isn't that nuts? Although the the Diamondbacks have 106 losses, too. So that'll be a fun race to see who has the For most the first losses. overall pick, yeah. Yeah, I'll say, let's, let's uh, draft picks, baby. So I think I Dude. would go right now... I would have Tatis narrowly over Soto. I, I guess, Not even Harper. Yeah, I would have Harper third. Because I think Tatis and uh, Soto are better defenders. Soto, like, obviously is the best of the three. And, like, I like I like Tatis more than Harper. <laughs> and I have, I have Dude, a Fernando no Baez. Bias, like, no bias. I, I have an autographed baseball of his, so, like, I just want the value of that to continue to soar, so... No, no, I, and um, I've got two of his rookie cards, so I'm with you on that. Like, yeah, <laughs> any anything to, yeah. <laughs> I would have to agree. Those are like one and two, but I'm 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 in the Soto camp. See, I feel I got a. I think Tatis is probably my third. I'm like I'm like Soto one A, Harper one B, but on any given day I could switch. And then Tatis is like a third for me because, like, aside from the homers, he's a. He's like still unbelievably impressive, but I just see, I just see Juan Soto. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. That dude's unbelievable. He he might, oh, yeah. I, he might be the best player in baseball. I would so build my fun. team around him of the three. Like I love Tatis, but I, I remember that episode. I picked Soto to build my team around for the next 10 years. And he has much better play discipline than uh, like Tatis's on base percentage is not super great. Harper strikes out a ton too, which if you care yeah. about that, I don't I think know. He's still Harper's got like an always on base. Harper is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong, but there's always been something about his game where it's just like, dude, you're supposed to be, you were supposed to be like this Mickey Mantle, you know, best generational talent. And it's just like, feels like he's just been coming up short his whole career. Hey, if he wins an MVP, though, he's on his way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's still young. Yeah. But I mean, he's already won an MVP. So if he, he's, I mean, he's won one already. He needs a, he needs a ring. Yeah. That's, he did leave the leave a team. You the can't leave time. a team. And then, <laughs> then the, that said team goes and wins a series. Yeah. yeah. Like, that kind of doesn't jive but, well, well. I, I even though I think Harper's like kind of an asshole. I mean, it is still impressive though. That's a clown because, yeah. question, bro. What? That's a clown. Oh, it's question, a clown question. <laughs> it is. I mean, well, he was only nineteen though. Then. That he, yeah, that he's lived up that to anything amazing. at all. Because like, how many 
how many ne- like especially as Indians fans, how many next great like all generational prospects have like we heard about that just you forget we're even in our our system because of like it's so hard in baseball to like actually yeah follow through in some capacity. That's why LeBron James is like the unicorn that he is. It's like he was like the king in in high school, 100%. and then he went on to be a top two player of all time. Well, let me tell you, I mean, let me throw this back at you on, on Bryce Harper though, just as like a, you know, I don't think you're like totally off base on that, Chris, but the stats for him are pretty interesting in that he's already spent 10 years this year. Well, no, I mean, so he's, Oh, you're going, Oh, okay. So he's, so 10 years, he's 10 years in the majors. He played since he was 19. He's got 266 career home runs. So, at the age of 20, he's still, he'll be, he'll be 29 in October. So he'll, okay. uh, entering his 29 season, he's got 260, he'll have like probably whatever, 270 or whatever home runs. And so he's got a really good shot at 500 for the career, for his career, honest to God, an outside shot at 600. And he's got a career 280 batting average with a 392 on base percentage with a career. Oh, I don't know. 142 WRC plus, which is, I think that's it, what it is. But anyway, pretty, really good. Pretty um, good. Pretty but good. I, I, it's like, I look at him and, and, you know, and he averages like 34 doubles a year. His like 162 game average is 30, 30, 30. He averages. So yeah. I'm with you in that. Like, I think when he came up, it was like, he was like the anointed, like, savior of baseball and it took him a while i really think to kind of get us like i mean there was if you go back and look at some of those early years you're kind of like you're good like we can see the talent there but I, yeah I, yes you're he not screwed by he got screwed by mike trout though because no one saw mike trout coming like i know there's some inside baseball people who probably did but like mike trout became what everyone thought bryce harper would become and yeah, like I guess MVPs, maybe that's like, maybe that it's hard. What, well, what's funny to me playing against those, you know, playing against Trout diminished Harp or Harper for a little while. Maybe well, that's I think it's funny too. Idea. Like, like I know you know his big thing is you know okay, so he wanted he wanted a huge deal. Like it was no secret that he wanted like a shit ton of money, which like that's perfectly fine, rightfully so. You know, I think the thing about Bryce Harper that is like super unfair, and and this is actually this is interesting about like Francisco Lindor, is Bryce Harper has had two seasons that I would argue were like not good. So he had 2016, he hit like 243, still had like an insane on base and like hit 24 homers and 24 doubles, and like still was an all star. Two, uh, in 2018, his last year with the Nationals, he hit 249, was still an all-star, and had 34 homers and 100 RBIs with 34 doubles. Arguably one of his worst years. He went 30-30, hit about 250, and was still like, would any team take that? F- fuck yeah. Like, yeah. that's like, those the are... The perception was like, that's shit. Uh, right, so and the perception was like, fuck Bryce Harper, we don't need him. And argue, I mean... They didn't because they went and won the series. But like the thing about him is like people cut him no slack whatsoever. Like when he has a year that's like, quote unquote, down and he still goes 30, 30 and 100 ribbies. 
people are like, oh man, fuck him. Like whatever. It's not 50, 50, but uh, a guy like Lindor, I find interesting because I would argue, I I mean, I know this is like a a, a Lindor bash fest the last like (laughs) few weeks, but it's fine. Or this whole season, whatever. But Lindor is an interesting case because we're talking about two guys who make like $30 million, but Lindor over the last like 600 summit bats that he's had, I mean, you could go even like into 2019. I think you can go go further back. Yes. I I think you can go even back into 2018. May 2018, he won player of the month. He killed it. The rest of 2018, take a look. Take a hard look at the rest of 2018. It was super average. Yeah. I I, uh, Also, Bryce Harper earns $9 million less than Lindor. His deal is twenty five million a year for thirteen years. Is that Whoa. true? Holy shit! Lindor's is so his yeah uh, his is uh, Harper's deal is uh, thirteen year three hundred thirty million dollars and Lindor's was three forty one for ten years. Wow! You know that's a steal. When I look at Bryce Harper's contract now, I'm like, that's actually an incredible deal. A great deal. <laughs> the Phillies got also like Harper was rookie. <laughs> he was rookie of the year. He's a six time All Star and was MVP. He's going to be at least top three in MVP this year. So I Possibly mean, the dude's going to make the already. Hall of Fame. Wow. Right. That's it. I mean, Bryce Harper right now is, lo- I mean, as long as he keeps these, it up. Yeah. He's a, he's a lock. He's a Hall of Fame lock. And if he has a couple seasons where he hits like 40 homers, could hit 600. And I don't, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's an animal. He's a complete a big animal. ask, but yeah. Well, say he plays till he's 38. Say he plays out the next 10 seasons Averages yeah, plays 30 the his contract, yeah. Homers. I mean, that puts him at 566, 570. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a big ask, but we'll have to see. I mean, he might have to have a year where he hits like 50, you know, to really, because by the time he's like 38, he'll have like probably like, you know. I, I guess maybe that's whatever, what like the perception I feel like, or maybe not even perception is the right word, but like. Those were kind of some of the expectations probably unfairly put on him early on were just absurd numbers for 15 years. Right. You know, because he was 19 when he got up into the league, because he skirted around. And I I mean, I remember hearing about him as like a sophomore in high school. He was the he was like the the LeBron James where I mean, it was like, like people you said, were watching Fabs, his yeah, high school. He was hundred percent yeah. like the Fabs, you know. Yep. So it is unfair, and it probably is a a lot of the LeBron effect that there are going to be naysayers out there. You know, just I mean, those curmudgeons that no matter what he does, are never satisfied. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, wow. I'm looking at Lindor's numbers. He's a beast. Uh, I would say over the, you know, with the Phillies kind of being out of it the last couple seasons, I, I mean, it's like weird to say, but like Harper kind of fall, fell off, I think, like collective baseball's 100%. radar. But 100%. I mean, he's been man, on, man. he's not been on like the best of teams in a way. Because even true. some of those national teams that he was on, that you know, like they were like, okay, yeah, you're you're good, but you're not really a, a contender. 
Yeah. They made the playoffs a couple times, but they were they were out pretty quick. I mean, he's still got, let's see, he still has he has 76 postseason at bats, which is still like an absurdly large number compared to like a Mike Trout. So <laughs> that's what we do here, baby. We make fun of Frankie Lindor and Mike yeah, Trout's inability we, to get to the playoffs. Yeah, we that's the two <laughs> things we always do. <laughs> the Mets are four games behind the Indians, or uh, two games behind the Indians. So, hey, if we finish, if the Indians finish with a better record than the Mets, I'd say that's a rousing success of a year. Job well done. But this yes, is boys. this conversation is another example for why they need to expand the postseason. Because if you expand the postseason, like they're talking about. All of a sudden, Bryce Harper's in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr.'s in the postseason. Uh, Vlad, Vlad Jr.'s automatically in the postseason. Exactly. A shit ton of good young talent. in the postseason. Yeah. Like, you get all this young talent, even if they're only there for— Connie and Trout might have dreams of the postseason one totally. day. Totally. Yeah, uh-huh. they, even if it's only three-game series, all of a sudden, like, those are where the— like, the postseason is where Jeter, you know, made his mark— and like all these players would just make their marks and kids would then like look up to them because that's the clip they're going to get on MLB the show at the beginning of the game. That's the clip they're going to see in October on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, of like the big moment where Acuna Jr. hits a, a walk-off, Fernando Tatis hits a walk-off, does a fucking 20-foot bat flip, and you're just like, holy shit, who is this guy? Like I, I wanna, I'm going to do that my next game and get yelled at by my coach. I don't care. And like that's it's do it. It's when casual fans would be exposed to these guys at a higher rate. And mm-hmm. it's a travesty that they're not. Well, I think that's gonna change for sure. Like like you're it's saying. I, mean, I think it's fingers, it's inevitable. Fingers, arms, legs, toes, yeah. everything crossed. Yep. And you get the reds, yep. you get Vado, Castellanos. Yeah. Like I want to see I wanted to see them in or, the season. Or shit, man. You'd possibly in a you know I mean, next year, um, Jose Ramirez again. I mean, yes. he'd be a fun guy in the playoffs to watch, obviously. You know, Fred he's only Reyes. 29. So it's, you know, another guy where, you know, you'd want to see him in the playoffs too. And like, yeah, Fran Mill and uh, all the good young pitching that these teams have. So, I mean, it's it's an absolute no-brainer. Does baseball ever do the no-brainer smart thing? Not always. So reduce it. Hardly. They're going to be like, oh, we're going to go back to like the top two records. Yeah, exactly. And, we, and then it just goes right to a World Series and that's it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that we play on like Saturday afternoons. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It won't be televised. Come out. We're, we're rebuilding the polo grounds. We're putting it in Iowa. Come out to the park. We hope you can catch it. Yeah. It, you know, or just read, you can read the box score. Radio tomorrow. delay. Yeah. No, radio they won't delay. allow. They, the, but it will be a one month radio delay. They won't allow ESPN to update the scores and you have to buy a. A magazine to find out who won, like the following month after the World <laughs> Sporting Series. news. Yeah. We thought people. Sporting we thought news, people like appreciated the, the history of the game, so we'd go just go back to it. Right. Yeah, we'll all be in a big room with like a telegraph machine, like getting updates from a guy reading like what's going on at the ballpark. <laughs> no, that reminds next, me the of next uh, Marvel movie you go see. You get the the highlights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a newsreel. <laughs> in a newsreel. <laughs> You're going, going to, progressive. You're, that was a you're big going to story. See the, yeah, you're going to see the Eternals, and uh, right before the Eternals comes on, <laughs> like, oh wow, oh hey, look at that big man voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we also they're going to put all the games in black and white. 
Yeah. Yeah. Filmed like from that weird angle where it's like up above the press <laughs> box, like and like half yes. the play is missing. Like there's no yes. center field camera. You just yeah, you just see the guy running and you don't know if it's like an out ever. And you just see like a guy cross the plate and you're like, I, I don't know what just happened. Yeah, no, no, no one moved the camera that back then, so I guess we're not going. You know, to. the only surviving footage of the Indians winning a World Series is like that camera angle from four. No doubt, a hundred percent. And then in the AL, are we all in agreement that Otani is the MVP, or does anybody have a dissenting it's vote on that? Gotta one? be Otani. I mean, I just again, devil's advocate, want to make the case for a co MVP. Oh, that would be cool. fun. I love Vlad Jr. And there is precedent precedent for that. As I put in the notes, in 1979, uh, Steve, your boy, mm-hmm. won Keith Hernandez and uh, Willie Stargell. He's only your boy because he was in Seinfeld. <laughs> and I love I love him on the broadcast. I do like Keith Hernandez okay. on the okay. Mets broadcast. Yeah. So th- those two were co-NVPs. And then I also forgot <laughs> last year. Frankie Lindor was going to bat, was stumping for Jose and Shane Bieber to be co-MVPs. And I forgot that whole discussion occurred last year. Okay. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen, but... It's a possible... I mean, I I would... I would say it is a less than 5% possibility... I think now that Vlad will not win the Triple Crown, it becomes less likely of a co-MVP. Yeah. Had he won that you know, Triple Crown, I think you can make the argument for it. And I think you'd have a really good argument for it. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you on that. The only thing that is just like insane about Otani is that He's got. He's I haven't really checked his really good year at both sides. I haven't checked his. You know, I haven't checked his uh, stats recently, like in a couple weeks. But like, he's got forty five homers and ninety eight ribbies as of now. So he's gonna have, he's gonna have a hundred forty five yeah. homers, a hundred RBIs. He's hitting two fifty eight, three seventy one on base, twenty five doubles, and twenty four stolen bases. And so if you look at that, you're like, holy shit, that's a really good year at the that's plate. That's a good year. That then alone you, doesn't win him MVP, though. No, that would be against him and Vladdy. Vladdy, that would be a Vladimir Guerrero, no doubt about it. MVP. I think Jose enters the conversation, right? At then that point two, yeah. Then you go, all right. And I know he's. I think he's like not pitching now to end the season because of a thing. But in 130 innings, 23 starts, he's got a 3.18 ERA with 156 strikeouts and a 141 ERA plus, and you're like. That is also Cy Young material. So you're yeah. like, how did yeah. that? I mean, that dude had a season. It wasn't just good, like, or like a fun novelty. It was like that dude dominated I'm every facet at the Angels for wasting like such a great season because Otani's had a lot yeah. of injury issues. And just like the like, I hope he stays healthy because he's awesome. But the likelihood of him having just like another completely like healthy season. With Trout being healthy, it's just, ugh. it's did like, you see, I mean, he did have that comment. Yeah, he did have that comment yeah. where he was like, I just want to win. 
Um, yes. You know, this year was great, whatever. And, and I mean, there can always be stuff lost in translation, obviously, but like, you know, I'm, it's certainly being played up. Like, I think he's got a couple years left on a contract where I don't know what he signed through, but I mean, uh, through 2022? What the shit? Oh, he's our eligible I'll, I'll in 23. He's our eligible in 23. So he's, okay. he's a free agent in 24. So they got him for four more years. Well, yeah, no, he'll be a free three, agent. No, two more years. So he's three ARB years. No, no, no. So he's unrestricted free agent in 2024. Yeah. Okay. So they must have he made bought eight out million some of that? dollars oh. this year. They did. They bought two year two two of his arbitration years out. Okay. So I mean who the I mean, but also the Angels are one of the few teams that would be able to pay him. So it's like he's not going anywhere. The only team that I would conceivably the Angels see- also didn't they all weren't they didn't they follow the Indians lead, take like seventeen thousand pitchers in the draft? I believe you're right. They actually, I, mean, I, I will was, say this I think about it was the Angels. 17,000. The Angels have some decent pitching coming up, but not much of it has translated to success in the majors yet. Like a lot of it's been pretty shit. And so arguably they have a good rotation potentially in the making, but I mean, who the hell knows with, with them? So I don't know. I mean, but as far as the MVP goes, like, overnight though, either. What's that? I would say the pitching just doesn't develop overnight though, either. Well, and it's never a guarantee. So, I mean, even when it's they never do a guarantee. Up. Yeah, Griffin Canning was supposed to be a can't miss ace for these pitching. guys. Yeah, it's like yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know with this pitching. So, you know, the Indians. Yeah. It's the reason why the Indians are like more you know reluctant to trade pitching sometimes because until it's like the end of the road, because you know it's like yeah, Peyton Battenfield kicked a lot of ass this year. Cody Morris kicked a lot of ass and Logan T out. We might is, need one of those. We might need all three of those next year. You don't know. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know, you start to look at Zach Plesek and you're like, Hey man, I hope he can like get it back on track. And you don't know about the injury history of like Tristan McKenzie or, you know, can, is Cal Quantrill going to come back just as strong in 2022? It's like, you don't know the answers to these questions and nobody does. So it's like, no. or like, Shane Bieber, man, he's, he had a sore shoulder this year. That is very freaky. And who the hell knows? They should go up to him right now and lock him up at a very wonderful rate. A nice deal. Should. And if he was smart, he'd take it. Because if you start experiencing shoulder, you know, quote unquote, soreness. That sure seems like a, yeah, it's like a death now. So um, not saying that that's yep. the case with him, but it's like, that makes me a little nervous. So you just never know with the pitching. So, um, yeah. So, you know, the Angels, I don't know, whatever. I'd much rather still, hey, it's another example of why Cleveland fans don't ever understand how good they have it. And I just, it baffles me forever. It always will. So, okay. Before we get into Indian stuff, there is an interesting piece of news, Chris, that I know you wanted to talk about with Tampa Bay. So, love to rile you up when it comes to the Rays, Steve, as you know. But this bit of news was extremely juicy, I thought. And also kind of head-scratching, I guess, yes. at the time of, you know, just them announcing it. But for those who don't know what we're talking about, Tampa Bay is going to unveil uh, some new logo about 
splitting time between Tampa and Montreal during the playoffs. And I read a great article about it as well. And they're like, this is the most anti MLB thing going. And I was like, it is. So it made me love it even more. Like in what way? In the fact that it's taking it. So they said they don't want to draw attention to it, but they're like, okay, let's double check the facts here. You're unveiling this during the postseason when you're going to have your largest crowds and national TV. It's national TV. It's going to be the only thing people talk about. Mm -hmm. It's going to come up on every broadcast. So the Rays want to split time between Montreal and Tampa Bay because they are well, the trying owner to, does. Yeah. Right. They're Cause they're trying to, to angle for the new, for the stadium. new stadium. Right. So, so basically they're trying to use that as leverage. And yes, exactly. And there's also the added, I should mention too, the added layer that a lot of teams are calling BS on this, that they don't think Ray's ownership wants to, to negotiate in good faith and staying in Tampa Bay at all. Oh, 100%. And they're trying to take this convoluted effort to move. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, I see that. Like, I, I get your point. Well, can you blame Tampa for wanting to move when, like, I mean, I understand that there are hardcore Tampa fans somewhere out there in Florida, but, like, the team has been arguably one of the best teams in baseball since 2008 yeah. when they made the series. And I mean, they draw pitiful crowds that we discussed any, it like, last week. They deserve no. to move. Like they deserve to and lose the, that team. stadium is terrible. They've yeah. been like talking about moving out of that stadium for like 15 years now. It's, it's, it sucks. It's even during the playoffs, you're just like, uh, I know I can tell this is not a fun place to watch baseball. And it, I, yeah, I don't blame them. I, I, Montreal fans are insane. They've wanted a team for since the day the years. Expos left. Yeah, twenty four yeah. years, whatever it was. Um, and they their stadium would just be bonkers. Like I, it would be a sight to behold. Or like uh, the Nashville Rays, the the Charlotte Rays. So Nashville is funny that you mentioned that because. Someone was making the argument like, okay, if this was truly a ploy, why didn't they just pack up and move to Nashville? And then the argument for that I saw was, oh, the Braves and the Reds would fight that tooth and nail, a move to Nashville, Mm -hmm. because it would infringe on their TV markets. The way that the Orioles... The Orioles tried to piss all over the Nationals becoming a team? Yep, exactly. The same way. Well, I mean... You know, you're running out of markets in baseball to where you won't encroach on another. Like a Portland. I'm sorry that Atlanta deems themselves worthy to own the entire South. The entire Mid Atlantic is like, oh no, that's that's ours. It's like, yeah, we own, you know, north to Richmond, Virginia, down to the pan, you know, down through Florida to, to Key West. All the way out to friggin', you know, Texas, basically Texas. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's our territory. Yeah, right. I mean that 
it is like insane to me that Charlotte doesn't have an MLB presence. Like that one has always baffled me. Nashville, I'm like, okay, I guess I understand it to some extent, although like Nashville is becoming more and more like the three places that I know we've always talked about that make sense to me in the States are Charlotte, Nashville, and like Portland. Those are the three where I'm like, there, there should be teams there, whether by moving a team moves and then Vegas. some expansion. I mean, Vegas. Is oh, like, well, Vegas no, is another. Okay, Vegas. No but brainer. That's like that. my fourth. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Vegas is okay. Vegas yeah. is like a, just a fucked up weird sports city to me. I don't I don't love it, but I mean I obviously will I only like it, Vegas so. because my teams can play there and I can have like we can have a guys we have We're going to get so go, messed yeah. up when the Browns play there, man. It's going to be so much fun. Oh. oh, I can't wait. I can't. We'll miss <laughs> the game. We'll fall asleep in Excalibur. I've convinced my father-in-law to like <laughs> in like knight's armor for some bill. reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to like make it down the strip to get to the game in like full like ma- like the armor like because we're naked underneath and we don't have anything else so we're just like and we're stupid <laughs> and like we listen to a guy he's like hey man like they'll take you to the browns game after you have to pop up the strip club to drink two bottle like service minimum <laughs> like sounds like a great deal man and then we get like conned into throwing like two hundred dollars down the drain and we're just like we're gonna miss the game <laughs> We leave now. We can make it to halftime. Uh, that's actually a great movie. Uh, is uh, you know the plot being that like you know out of town football fans are trying to go to a Raiders game and like like a you know series of unfortunate events happens where they try to like not miss the game like a playoff totally. game or something. I would love that. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it would have to be a playoff game. Got to make the stakes higher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. Super Bowl. Like a shit show because it could be a playoff game, but it could also be fight night. Like it's a Saturday fight no. night and it's a Saturday night like divisional round game, and it's just like everything is everything shut down and there's just they're trying to do it on foot. Yeah. All right. In said movie, who plays the general manager cameo role? I have my main lead for this. I go Peyton Manning. Okay, Peyton Manning. I. W- <laughs> it's funny you say that. I was going to say Eli Manning. <laughs> oh. I do like I didn't, love their Monday Night Football broadcast. I didn't think you guys were take it that way. I was going to go with so uh, Kevin Costner, but that's oh, just Kevin, oh. Yeah, you, oh yeah, if we're going like Hollywood star, oh yeah, yeah, Kevin, yeah, no, I'm going Hollywood star, man. Kevin Costner would be the the the, the main character. Like Kevin Costner is just getting a drink. It's like his pregame ritual at some like dive that they're at, and he's like, "Come with me, guys," and he he saves he the day. saves the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the the, bo- the boxing fight could be like the first one of the, ever one like, of the Paul three-way brothers. boxing fight. Yeah, one of the Paul <laughs> brothers versus Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. All at President once. Manny Pacquiao? Yeah, President uh, Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> it's also a cage match. Yes. The UFC sanctioning it. Mm-hmm. Mankind is the referee. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I love it. I absolutely love this plot. A real, a real like end of world then, scenario. Okay, we're okay, about. time uh-huh. out. And then just to sell tickets, we have to have the Rock in this at some point. Like <laughs> he could be the mayor. His of the role city. doesn't. His role actually doesn't need to make any sense. He just needs to make. <laughs> he just needs to be in the movie. Oh, he could be the commissioner of the NFL. Okay. Ooh. Like in real life, he could also do that too if he wants, because he, he can't be worse. Dude, that'd be interesting. Have. That would actually be super interesting if, like, like what if baseball was like we we need to like go nuts and we need to have somebody run this league 
like who's like got like that showmanship, like the WWE. Rihanna. Yeah, <laughs> Rihanna. Like you pitch for for the Indians ownership. Oh, Indians ownership with Rihanna. That's right. <laughs> I love it. I I I mean, yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. Also, so just amazing. Cardi B. Also, just I because it. I enjoy them and they are a guilty pleasure movie that I'm not afraid to admit that I do enjoy watching from time to time. Can we have cameos by Brad Pitt? And George Clooney reprising their roles from <laughs> it, that the actually was Yeah, I was thinking that There's or some, uh, like if, if, or like uh, you have the Hangover crew running around trying to find Doug or something. Just Ken like Jeong. Yeah. Just Ken Jeong. Yeah, yeah. And that would be, Zach Galifianakis. I mean, or it'd be really <laughs> funny if you got a you were doing like a drama about like the pitfalls of Las Vegas and like. Those characters are all in the backdrop. Like a heist is going on. The Hangover. You find out it was the same weekend oh as the goodness. Hangover weekend. <laughs> or, yeah, we right. just, or we just retcon all these movies into being during the same yeah. timeline yes. somehow. He's like Joe Pesci's character from Casino walking around. And we're yeah. like, uh, yeah, this happens at this time too for some reason. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah, you didn't know it doesn't even uh, make sense. It was back in the nineties when they did their heist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or yeah, uh, travel to the details. future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biff is out there, so we mm. can just roll in Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, and it's a Back to the Future. This is an alternate. One of, places, uh, yeah. one of the places old Biff went in uh, yeah, Back old to Biff too. goes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's where he gets the idea for his casino. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. We'll so re- I, I personally will green like listening. this. Um, to all those Hollywood executives who listen to this podcast, please uh, make that happen. Uh, okay. So um, let's talk a little Cleveland baseball. Let's talk a little Indians. Um, I figured, uh, you know, what we can do to wrap you know close out this episode is we can each go through like our top five because the season's wrapping up here we'll let's do kind of a we'll do more we'll obviously be i would say for the next like few weeks month kind of like doing some wrap-up stuff on the season but i figured just like off the top of our heads kind of do a fun um sort of just like top five things we learned top five things we liked didn't like whatever about the season, uh, about the Indian season specifically. So just observations, uh, sort of the top five, uh, among each of us. So we could either each do our top five or we could go like each pick one of our five and just snake it. Let's do that. Cause that's more fun. I didn't really rank mine by like any sort of like, you know, one through five, like importance. It's just sort of like some stuff. So I'll start, I'll do mine. So, and and if there's overlap, we can either just kind of like be like, yeah, I agree, and just move on. Um, so one of my most important things that I feel I've learned over this season is that the young pitching is good to go. Uh, I think probably the most uh, the most important thing that we learned in the second half, given the team's sort of like collective quote unquote collapse, is that the pitching for next season is I would say arguably in a better place than it was even in like 2015, 2016, when the Indians began to make their run with the emergence of Cal Quantrill who is like 
unbelievable. The number that you put in there, Chris, since the All-Star break is just, I don't know, bonkers. So uh, since the All-Star game. Had he pitched like that all season long, hands down, he's the A Cy Young. Lock for Cy Young, yeah. 14 starts, 7-1. 194 ERA, 78 strikeouts in 88 innings. Yeah, that's. I mean, he he's he's been unbelievable, and arguably is your fourth starter next year. And then Tristan McKenzie yeah. has seemingly put it together and is your fifth starter. Not to mention Eli Morgan has pitched extremely well the last few starts as well. And I was say, how about the stat with McKenzie since post All Star game as well? It's only 12 starts. But 14 walks. Wow. And 66 strikeouts in 66 Jeez. innings. Amazing. You know, the record and the yeah. ERA aren't there as much, but what were we all saying early on in the season that the walks were killing him? Yep. He cut back. Yep. Incredibly. Yeah. I mean, he's had, I mean, he was, uh, the stat is escaping my brain at the moment, but he's had some really like wild stats of like most consecutive starts with like, I I can't remember what it was. It was like six innings and like one hit or I I don't know, some, some crazy stat or something like that. But like collectively, yeah, the ERA is, is still a little, uh, high just given some of his like earlier struggles, but I mean, God to end the year, he's been, yeah, he's been unbelievable. So I mean, I think the thing that you can look at here is that, uh, yeah, the the pitching is uh, exciting. I, I I don't know how you uh, we've said it a million times, but it's like I don't know how you go, can't go in the next year being like pumped, extremely pumped. So, so that was my number one too. Okay, that was, and, and I'll even take it a step further because initially I was thinking just rotation, and I kind of started thinking about it, and I go, Class A wasn't a guarantee to be your closer at the start of the season. And he's proven his worth. And then some, we found out guys like Sam Henches and Stefan are probably better suited in the bullpen and look like they can be guys who give you an inning and two thirds, two innings, maybe even three on some nights and can piggyback and give you some innings out of the bullpen. And both those guys have thing have the makeup and, and stuff that really plays up in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. So the bullpen as a whole looks phenomenally set for the next three, four years. And then I'd even say just depth. We found you mentioned Eli Morgan, Steve. I would say, and earlier in this episode, we were talking about Battenfield and Morris and uh, Logan T. Allen. Those are going to be names that I think fans will become more familiar with next year. Mm-hmm. God forbid we have to see them, you know, come out in meaningful games and start for us. But just the whole pitching, top to bottom, rotation, bullpen, depth, you know, that's going to be in the upper levels is, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll just go quickly and then I'll 
bring us back around for the next one. Uh, pitching was also like my number one. Uh, the rotation and the bullpen is it's set up for the next like five years, five to seven years. Tremendous depth. And it's set up to be like top five in both for the next five to seven years, assuming we stay healthy. You also have with Cal Quantrill, Savali, and Bieber, you have three guys who can can compete for the Cy Young next year, which is like Savali was on pace to win the Cy Young before he got injured. Like he was like the clear yeah, like front runner. 10 wins. And Cal Quantrill act in the second half was the, the clear cut uh, front runner. And then Bieber won it last year. So you have three dudes who can win a Cy Young on this, on this rotation, which is insane. Um, so that's, that's mine. Uh, I'll do my next one. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Again, he didn't have a drop off after Lindor left. Okay. Consistent MVP, the heart and soul of this team. And this year was just another reason, example, whatever you want to say for like one of the biggest priorities for the front office should be to extend him more, more so than Bieber, more so than anybody else spend the money on, on extending Jose. That, that is a good point because I actually think pay it's Jose. like under pay Jose. It's been underreported like how good a season he's had in the absence of Lindor because everybody said, right. Well, with Lindor gone to protect him, expect a drop off. And Teams have pitched him a little bit differently and maybe a little bit tougher in some cases. And I think maybe it's reflected a bit in the average, but like you're totally right. I mean, like we, you were saying, Chris, like if it wasn't for Otani, I think Ramirez would be like more in the discussion at sure. least in the, in the MVP race. But yeah, that to um, get some votes. You probably get a, you some like third, fourth place votes. Maybe. Yeah, that's or, right. Like he'll finish yeah. like sixth or seventh or something. Like he'll be, it will show up on his baseball reference. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes, or it will. really matters. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to look at that for all eternity. Yes. Yeah. And no, I think off to it. I mean, obviously, yes. That's what I was just doing. You guys weren't, you guys couldn't see it off camera, but that's what I was doing to Juan Soto's numbers. So, <laughs> and I, I maintained my composure throughout. That was impressive. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you uh, have for your, for us? You know one? what? I know we're not ranking them, but I feel the need to rank this next one as my number two. Finally, finding some answers in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ties into another one that I have. So that's a little bit of a tease. But I mean, making that deal for straw suddenly locks up center field finding Harold Ramirez off the scrap heaps from Miami. Now, I mean, he doesn't light the world on fire with his numbers, but he plays a decent enough outfield that you can probably put him out there and feel good that he's going to at least give you professional at bats and play a decent enough defense. Mm Mm-hmm. And then even with, you know, the three-headed monster of uh, Zimmer, Mercado, and Daniel Johnson, we at least discovered that those guys are probably better suited as fourth outfielders. It's a very timid monster, too. Not, nothing but, that could ever harm you. But, but you know what? <laughs> I'm looking at their numbers. All of their numbers, and I'll even, well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. but. Looking just at those those outfield numbers, they're going to finish the year, you know, 
probably batting around somewhere between 220 and 225, handful of home runs, a you know, positive war, a uh, OPS plus, you know, somewhere in like the low 80s to mid 80s. As a fourth outfielder, I will take that from my guys. You know, right. I mean, it still doesn't address that third outfield spot, which, again, Jesse Winker, Brian Reynolds, mm-hmm. those are just mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. names to keep in mind. Correct. Um, that would come in and just make everything A-OK. So, I mean, it's it's nice that we can address at least, I kind of put one and a half outfield outfield spots because I don't know how long-term we can count on Harold Ramirez. Um, I right. think we've got some prospects coming up that might take time away from him. And yep. the other thing is, too, it hit me that we haven't discussed, or maybe I fell asleep for a segment, uh, but the last time we made a trade with the Houston Astros for a center fielder that worked out pretty good in our favor. Hmm. So just keep that in mind. That is true. I'm glad that you mentioned straw because I kind of had the same thing uh, on my list as one of the five. So I'll mm-hmm. just kind of like tease it out as straw specific, but it's been like maybe another underreported or just like under underappreciated move that the they made at the deadline they traded phil maton and a catching prospect uh y- yanir diaz yanir diaz uh not einar diaz uh a 22 year old who was in low a uh so they traded away two players for straw who's 26 um in his pre-arbitration years so he's literally not a free agent until 2026 he's 26 years old now with Cleveland, basically the big thing, the problem for him in Houston was he couldn't get regular at bats. And so he was relatively expendable for the Astros. All he's done in Cleveland is hit 291 with a 368 on base, 213 at bats, and he has 14 doubles and 11 stolen bases. Doesn't have like a ton of pop, but like he's your, he's the quintessential leadoff man. And defensively, he's one of the best. I was going to say, and he, he, crosses out that need to find a leadoff hitter for us too yep that, that's another thing that no oh, I'm, I'm, i that. i absolutely love that he's going to anchor the top of that lineup for years to come and he brings the speed defense everything you could ask for and you traded away i mean i know phil maton has good stuff but like you traded a reliever and a low a catching prospect for him for like a major league starting center fielder who's like one of the best defenders in the game. It's like, what the hell? That is a fleece. I mean, it's an absolute fleece. So again, I don't think the organization gets enough credit for a move like that. So uh, just kind of piggybacking off your answer, Chris. Um, yeah, I, I would I would single out straw there. Um, the Then to snake back on mine, kind of on the same... Same note, the organization getting credit for making a move here. I think the other thing was sort of just sticking with and not trading and getting answers on and being very pleasantly surprised with what the returns were on Ahmed Rosario. So 
when they when the Indians acquired Ahmed Rosario, it felt like immediately it was like trade rumors. It was like, oh, he, we could trade him to the Reds. We could trade whatever. It's like right. there's no position for him, which mm-hmm. is true. Uh, Andres Jimenez was the starting shortstop. They tried to put Rosario in center field to like middling results. And when they sent Jimenez down back to AAA, Rosario started it short, been there ever since, and he's done nothing but you know, hit for the Indians. I would say, I would argue that he's been the second best player. He has easily. I mean, easily. He on has the team. thirty-seven. He has thirty-seven extra or uh, multi-hit games this year. Six Jose has thirty-eight. That's crazy. And then yeah. I saw the stat too that he had this season alone. He had the most, I believe, four-hit games in baseball, and he had six four-hit games, which was the most in a season since yeah, Joe Carter. In 1986. So, at least for the Indians. For the Indians. And I believe that he had the most in baseball this year, but I believe this year, yes. Yes. Yeah, he did this year. So, uh, here's the other thing he's 25. So, you know, I think the thing about him that's interesting is that, you know, he's having a great year. He's currently hitting 285. The on base is kind of hilarious at only like 320 because he just does not walk. So he's just like always making contact, which is fine. Not everybody has to. Here's my point on Rosario is not everybody has to be an on base machine, nor do they have to be like a power hitter. Like the thing about Rosario, and I was thinking about this when I was watching the Blue Jays game earlier against the Yankees, is like top to bottom, the Blue Jays have hitters. And our favorite okay. team in the world, yeah, 2015 Kansas City Royals, a team of hitters. Where, like, the thing about Ahmed Rosario, and he's great with runners in scoring position as well, is like in a in a pinch or in a tough spot or in a clutch scenario, a guy who puts the bat on the ball, I will take a million times in in big situations where he can put up and a that- good at bat and make contact and. He, talking about the quintessential leadoff man for Miles Straw, I couldn't think of a better guy to hit second than Ahmed Rosario to help set the table for the big boppers. And he may not hit 285 every year. I mean, he's probably going to have years where he struggles a little bit more. But But as far as like 270, like, I mean, but if that's the worst he does, you're looking at a guy who's going to provide a shit ton of value to a lineup. And mm-hmm. can play multiple positions now as sort of a potential super utility role. The Indians, like, no doubt knew what they had in him as far as potential goes. And, like, he was a cast off from the Mets. He was the throw in guy. But I always, I would give the Indians a ton of credit, though, for identifying that and being like, yeah, sure, we'll take a flyer on this dude and see what we can do with him. Because um, he did have a good year in New York in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit 287. With the Mets in 2019 with 600 at bats, so the example, the like sample size is actually pretty big, and I think like he's been a huge. I mean, he'll be a huge piece, you know, in this sort of next phase of contention as a guy who just, you know, do, does what has to be done, you know, and uh, he puts some really good at bats together. That dude, and and when he's hot, man, he is hot because the well i would probably i've thought about this is like i mean he's probably your starting second baseman next year yeah i I think he is he's got to be gabriel uh arias i would imagine breaks 
I'd be shocked if he doesn't break camp as a starting shortstop. That would be my him or him or Jimenez um, would be. It's it's got to be one of those two. Jimenez Jimenez to me hasn't done. I mean, he's hitting like he's like been pretty good in September, but I don't think he's done anything Just, where the Indians uh, are like, oh, that's our guy. And Arias I'll, has been. I'll say this at, about Jimenez yeah. and Arias: their minor league numbers are very similar. Yeah. So, but Arias I, plays I, like God, what I'm trying like, just to say like unbelievable is, defense. Arias does play a better defense from all reports. Yes. Yeah. Offensive numbers, however, they're very similar. See how that translates. Time is, you know, there's yeah. still a lot of time for one of them. Yep. Um, all right. What's no, your three? I agree with you, Steve, too. Oh, yeah. Um, you can agree with me. And that I hate great. to piggyback off of that because I just even more simply had the perception of winning the Lindor trade. Could you yeah, imagine would, if ooh, Frankie... Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Could you just imagine if Frankie would have like rebounded and had a, you know, 30-double, 10-triple... Uh, 35 home run, 100 mm-hmm. RBI, 280 season. Mm-hmm. Like, people would be losing their damn mind. Yep. And if the Mets were in contention, like, Carrasco was pitching, like, even, let's just say, like, 12 and 8 on the season with, like, right, ERA right. close to four, but, like, not quite four, but, you know, yep. solid. Just the fact that, we can kind of say, look, so far, we're winning this trade. Yeah. And and we don't have another, we don't have $340 million committed to this Tied guy. Tied up to one guy. Who's never finished in the top three of an MVP race. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone to me, with everything else that's going on with the team, you know, off the field. Yeah. Did you notice I stopped doing the thing I was doing earlier in the year where I'd be like, but we wish him the best. Like, I hope he like does really well because I fucking don't. I don't care about him at all. Like, yeah. yeah, he's dead to me. And <laughs> we made it. We almost levels, made it the whole year. He's dead but to me. Yeah. Like, we almost did. Had, like, we were cool. And then he had that weird, like, that weird tour where he's like, I don't even know. His, whoever his uh, social person is or his manager just gives him, like, shit advice for how to uh, to handle stuff. But. But yes. yes, I like that one, Chris. Uh, Fabs, what do you got? All right. Um, so I'll do my three and four very quickly. Um, okay. So three, I think we need two more bats. I think this year showed us, especially if there's injuries with pitching, we need two more bats, like good, solid bats. I'm not saying like 35 home run guys, but we need, we need, we need a solid outfield bat that's consistent. Maybe a, a Reds left fielder. I don't know. Um, and then, we need a consistent bat at first base because uh, we it it's been like a black hole for us. It's funny um, that you mentioned first base. Go did on. My, did you see my one note? And it didn't hit me. Until, oh, I did. Yes, I did see your note. Didn't I like hit that me note. until yesterday. If you extrapolate Bobby Bobby Bradley's numbers to like a full season, he's about like. Five, like the only numbers that don't line up 100% are his like batting average, which would be like 
five points worse than Carlos Santana. Also, he does the on base is way off, and, and the on base, but the but other the power is the power number. He would actually have more power. Oh numbers. my god! Yeah, his his power numbers are like outrageous. He is. Yeah, he'd be a. He's oh actually my. a thirty thirty guy. If you, he would be a thirty thirty. Yeah. Like he'd be like, like forty I'm home hoping runs, maybe in like, like two twenty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so yeah, I'm not ready to give up on the Bobby Bradley experience. So you might only need one bat, one bat over the course of a full season with some health. I I just, cause I just want a bat that's threatening. Like, cause I think we're very, like, we have a great one through five. I think of the six holes when, where it really starts to drop off. So even if Bobby Bradley's hitting like 215 or 220, if he has like 35 home runs, okay, I'm like cool. With, I'm cool with like, I'm cool with one or two of those guys. I don't want a whole team of like Adam Dunn's or Joey Gallows. Like that's okay. I mean, yeah, right. it would be hilarious to see a whole team of literal Adam Dunn's playing like infield. That I would, I would love to see that. Um, well, but, it's like a make I, a I team some, in the show. <laughs> yes. I have some things that I want to share with you guys next week or the following okay. that I, I think Ooh, a tease paint the argument for at least seeing some more Bobby Bradley. Let's okay. not jump the gun at first base just yet. Okay, I'm willing. I, I, I granted I haven't looked at his numbers in a while, so so I would say a Bobby Bradley that a slightly elevated batting average, just yes. ten to fifteen yes. points with the same power numbers, and then an additional outfield bat which I think we can trade for this offseason. I think that allows us to compete for the division. And with healthy pitching, I think you can compete for the AL with with a good... Uh, so that's my three. So now I'm going to swing back around. I'll do the, my four real quick. Uh, and this kind of leads into that. I think it's likely only a two-team race for the, uh, the AL Central next year. Uh, the Twins look like they're very, very old. The Tigers have some promise, but I, I still think they're another year or two away. They just have a, they surprised me, but like they're only close to the Indians right now because the Indians had some of the most severe injuries to the rotation. So with a relatively healthy season, I think the Tigers finish eight to 10 games behind the Indians at best. Um, and then I think the Royals will finish third next year. I think it's going to be between the Indians and the White Sox for first. And then I think the Royals will finish third. I think what you're seeing with this Royals team this year just a few games under 500. That's about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they seem to be at a normal, a normal pace right now. They have some really good young guys. You know, I think in two years, I think the Royals will be like competing for the playoffs. If they expand the playoffs, maybe, maybe next year, who knows for one of those wildcard spots. But so yeah, that's my number four. I think next year is a two team race between the Indians and uh, white Sox. Okay. My number four I'm glad that the team was at least able to get some answers on some young guys on some of the younger position players specifically. I think you still have a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. but I think with, again, I keep going back to Zimmer Mercado fourth outfield types. Yep. We figure that one out. That's what they are. You need them. You need them to build a roster. And I like the fact that each of them seemingly can play all three outfield spots, which is huge. 
So it kind of allows some roster flexibility. And I think a guy that we keep not mentioning, and, and rightfully so, we don't even know if he's going to play next year or to what level. In Naylor, you know, right. Naylor yeah. becomes uh, another utility-like guy. And if he comes back healthy, like, that's a bat that you're going to want to get mixed in there, too. So, you know, between those three, Yu Chang has played every infield position except for catcher and pitcher. He seems like a utility bench guy um, capable of some things. Um, But on the flip side, you know, we have Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, you know, a couple other of these guys, uh, Daniel Johnson, where we haven't seen enough of those guys in my estimation. And maybe, I mean, it really does seem like it that Daniel Johnson is kind of the odd man out for whatever he did. I don't know. I don't know whose wife he, you know, met at the bar at 2 a.m. Sliders. But I read it was he did something somewhere along the way, apparently, to upset some people. So just getting some answers on some of these young guys, as we've discussed, we had to do, you know, with this Mm -hmm. roster crunch. And there's going to be some casualties. Uh, whether it be trade or cuts or, Mm -hmm. you know, sneaking guys through waivers to get them onto the roster in Columbus. But the good news is it's, you know, we're not the only team in baseball that will suffer that. Right. That kind of roster uh, crunch this off season. So yeah, just, you know, finding out what we have and not just, uh, you know, not playing these guys and then trading them to Tampa Bay for a Jake Bowers and it, that that trade blowing up in your face. Mm-hmm. But again, if that's the worst trade that you've had in the last decade, you're doing okay. Yeah, you're doing just fine. Yeah, so uh, I, my number four, I, I would say, is, is similar uh, to kind of what you were saying there, Chris. I mean, one of the things I thought was interesting was, I'm, basically, I'm talking about just being excited for the young talent coming up. I was reading something in uh, like Terry Pluto's most recent column about like how many at bats it typically takes to like have answers on guys and minor league at bats even. And it's, you know, Mm -hmm. thousands of at bats or something like that where like, you know, you can't really make a true assessment on some of these players until you have like just more time. So like an Owen Miller and Ernie Clement, like these are guys where like, you know, in their first go round in the majors, it's kind of, it's like hit or miss or just like downright not great. Like I would argue Owen Miller's first taste in the majors has been not good, but there's a reason why the team isn't panicking because, and why the reason a lot of these young guys go back to the minors for some time and come back up, you know, eventually, you know, Owen Miller's going to need more time in AAA next year. Like he's not going to be on this team opening mm-hmm. day, but dude was still one of the higher touted prospects in that deal that they made uh, with the Padres. And so there's a reason why that's the case. If he pans out, he, great. If not, it is what it is. But um, I think, again, talking about like being excited for this team and its future, I think one of the things that I really was excited about this year was like, I would argue more so, I mean, and more so than in, in recent memory, the Indians have a absolutely, I would say, loaded farm system. I, I think 
that's always been one of their biggest issues, you know, especially in the early 2000s. And then, you know, a lot of the guys that I would argue, you know, aside from like Lindor, obviously, and like Kipnis and a couple others. I, I mean, a lot of the team that they built in that last run had to be pieced together through like trades and stuff. So like, yeah. you know, yeah. Kluber, you got early, but he was a trade. Clevenger was a trade. Bauer was a trade. You know, some of the position players. Santana. Were, that Santana was a trade. Was Brantley. A trade. Um, Brantley was a trade. Uh, really, a lot of the core of that team was acquired. And where the Indians seemed to be shifting, I mean, pitching, you can see the homegrown talent is just unbelievable. But offense has always been the biggest, like, mystical quest that they've always been on. And mythical quest. And... um it seems like right now they've, they've got a fairly good shot at building something special. A couple of the things I, the one stat I saw that was really cool was the Indians had five players under 21 this year that had 15 or more home runs. So uh, in the minor league season. So no other organization had more than three. The Indians had five. So John Kenzie, Noel, George Valera, uh, Alex, Alex free Planez, Jose Tania, Brian Rocchio, probably butchered some of those names but the point I think being you got most have, of them right i think i got pretty close Planez is i think it's Planez. that's the only one i'm not sure yeah that that one's a little the other tough. one sounded good thank you the point being that they have a lot of young power hitters john kenzie noel especially being like unbelievable this season coming out of just like nowhere at nowhere. 20 years old he's a young dude that's developing right before our eyes which is cool but at the same time you've also got Again, it remains to be seen what some of these guys are ever going to do, if anything. But like when you've got names like Stephen Kwan all of a sudden, who we've recently touted as a prospect to know, Oscar Gonzalez is floating around in AAA potentially as an option for next year as a fourth outfielder, maybe better, who knows? You, uh, you've got even like Richie Palacios, who hit three, let's see, he hit 280. In AAA, so he's 24, hit 280 with the Clippers, 421 on base, has a great uh, walk-to-strikeout ratio. Just another great name as an infielder that the Indians could play around with and can play outfield. So there's another option potentially for them. On the pitching side, we've mentioned Peyton Battenfield and Cody Morris. There's a plethora of other names that we haven't talked about, but it just goes to show, I mean, there's just so much young talent on this team that or in the minors that that's ready to like, and we haven't even talked about the top prospects <laughs> like Tyler Freeman, the Nolan Jones. Yeah, I mean, these, those are the guys where like for years, it's been like, just wait. And even they didn't have Tyler Freeman had a pretty damn good year, but like even Nolan Jones who kind of, you know, whatever it was. Okay. Like we're not even talking about some of the top, top prospects, which is incredible. So I think that's very exciting. Again, future is very bright. So I've missed plenty of names on that list. Anybody could be like, oh, what about this guy? And, you know, it's like, yeah, there have been many names. And and it's like the, no, the depth Steve, really showed Steve, when, like, there were a lot of. You? Yeah. I was just saying, they say that to you. Just say, like, no, you're wrong. Right, yeah. I, I named all the ones I'm comfortable I named them all. With. I got That's all it. the ones you need to know. Yeah. All yeah. the ones that, that are needed to know, I've touched on. Steve pours through hours and hours and hundreds of hours of tape. Every week, uh, yeah, week, uh, I'm like games. those I'm like those NFL guys on Twitter who um, claim to watch all the draft tape 
and like all the uh, all twenty two t- video footage yeah, on Mondays Steve's and our stuff. Mel Kiper. Yeah, he's our Mel Kiper. Yeah, I'm 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 the Mel Kiper he's of got, watching minor league tape. Yeah, he's got he's got bad takes on draft picks more often. That's than correct. Not. We love him. Uh, no, all joking aside, this was not my point. But you, Steve, I, I do want to jump in on some of that because that is so spot on, and that that's another point that I wanted to discuss here in the next episode or two are just some of these names at the top of the at the top of the food chain, if you will, when it comes to prospects who will likely see and hear more about next season. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 five out or the five players who hit 15 or more home runs. I'm 99% certain that all of them were international free agent signings. I'd have to go back and double check just to verify. But that's one area where the, the team has been kind of changing their focus. And we gave them a hard time at the draft for taking so many pitchers. But it's because they have the international signings that they do mm-hmm. to find those kinds of guys that they can go and do that with the pitching. So in college pitchers too. Yeah. We might butcher a name or two, like especially on the infield, but these are names to know that aren't really all that far off. Yeah. And or are advancing very quickly. Like yes. Yeah. Or John Kenzie Noel. I would be very shocked if Noel isn't in triple a next year at like the age of like 21. Like, yeah. I'd be shocked if by the end of the season he isn't there. Yeah, and and in two years he'll probably you're, be our answer. You're first. The Akron, Akron, and Columbus next year are going to be very fun teams to watch at the start of the season, as they were this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then pack up the family and bring go to a dime a dog night. Bring five bucks and just gorge yourself until you're going to throw up. <laughs> yeah. And watch some great like we great used to prospects. Do. Like we used That's to. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I'll quickly uh, rattle my fifth one off. Well, my fifth one, my fifth one is only that. If we're just going to snake it, my fifth one is only that the yeah, Indians yeah. should absolutely make the play. The Guardians should absolutely make the playoffs in 2022. That's my. There's number five. That's based on what I've seen this year. Yeah, that. That's it. Yeah. So that tracks. Yeah, that tracks, that's all I got. And, and <laughs> I would actually have the same expectations. Uh, it's kind of funny that you that you said something in there because my fifth most important thing this year was the fact. And again, this is completely. Uh, this one is completely off the field. Ooh, they picked a freaking nickname after. Getting rid of Chief Wahoo back, you know, after 20, you know, base, well, base, pretty much during the 2016 season, they started that phase out. Um, after announcing the name change, after announcing that they were staying the course with the name change, mm-hmm. after announcing seven other different things, and then finally just dropping that on us during the summer. Mm hmm. 
it's nice that there's this closure. Yes. Agreed. And again, love it or hate it, the name, that's not what I'm debating here. We've all been on record as really being supporters of the spiders. But it's going to be the Guardians. We're going to all come around to it on our own time, as I hope a lot of fans do. Because, again, now that it's final, you know, there's no more Indians home games. The visceral negative Nancys have uh, come out on Twitter again. And I fully expect them there again on March you know, 30th when the season kicks off, but just the fact that we're not doing this whole Washington football team thing and dragging it out. Yeah. Yeah. That there's some finality to it to me is one of the biggest takeaways that, um, you know, we don't always agree with management, but Hey, I'm glad they picked it. I'm glad they're moving forward. I think a lot of this stuff is temporary, personally. I think in five years, Guardians will obviously be the name, but I think we might see some evolution of the logos and jerseys and, yeah, you know, a little bit um, not so cookie cutter, if you will. Um, but, yep, we'll, uh, we'll cross that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I dig. Yeah. I and agree. it wasn't trending that way for the longest time, too. That we thought, oh, they're going to push this another season. But um, all right. So, my final one our front office continues to be God mode by finding, <laughs> finding guys like Cal Quantrill and Classe as throw ins for deals the Indians got their ass kicked in, who are yeah. just steals. You're talking about one of the best young relievers who is 21 years old, 22 years old, Cal Quantrill, who's probably been the best second half pitcher in the entire American league, uh, who is going to be a significant starter in our rotation. Class A is going to be our reliever of the future. Those were just some throwing guys. Uh, Ahmed, Ahmed Rosario, Rosario. Which is, yeah, which right. is the throwing yeah. guy. Those are three throwing guys. We've gotten the last two and a half years that are going to be significant contributors to a playoff contending team next season. And for a team Yes, we all agreed it sucked how low our payroll is. It's going to go up next season. Uh, they're going to expand the postseason most likely next season. So things are just going to continue to be positive, and we have this young core locked up for the next like four to five years. So uh, our front office continues to do amazing stuff and probably be a t- continues to be a top three front office uh, along with Tampa Bay and I don't know who else, but I would say Tampa Bay and the Indians are. Uh, Indians slash future guardians. The athletic side probably lump in there. Yeah, those three teams are able to do a whole lot with a very uh, meager payroll. And those three teams have been in and out of the play. I've always been hovering around the playoffs for the last two decades. So I'm glad we're part of that and we're not a Tigers, a Orioles, a Pirates, a Rockies, where you have that one season every 10 to 15 years. And if you don't win the World Series, it's going to be a, a very Long painful road on the back. way down. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Okay. Chris, you want to wrap this up with a little, a quick uh, know your prospect before we bounce out of here? Yeah. I'll keep it. I'll keep it quick because it was actually someone that you uh, touched on and 
stole some of my thunder. It hurts. No, that's what I like to do. I mean, oh yeah, I did steal hey, it. I, I see the note. I yeah, I did take that. Very good. I I, I good tease you about the rays. So I mean, that's also you know hey, what I get. Today was the anniversary. Uh, I believe it was today or yesterday was the anniversary of that end of the season in September of 2011 when uh, the rays. And like the Cardinals won on the last day to like go to the playoffs. So like the Rays came back from like a six nothing deficit against the Yankees on the last game to uh, win and uh, go to the playoffs. So you, nothing you say can hurt me. So <laughs> you're you're riding them. I'm riding that riding wave, sky baby. high right now. That's right. <laughs> and back to back champs. Let's As go. You should. As you should. If, mm-hmm. if there's been for as much joking as we give you. I have not known anyone outside of Central Florida. Actually, I don't know anybody in Central Florida. So, uh, whatever there. But as far as Northeast Ohio, Tampa Bay Rays fandom goes, yeah. you are beating that drum as loudly <laughs> as possible. I am quite loyal. Um, yeah. And with that, <laughs> and with that said, I was gonna um, talk a little bit about Jose Tina or Tina. Tina. Um. Again just butchering a name. He was one of the five prospects in our system. That's under 21 years old with 15 home runs this this season. He is a uh, 20 year old shortstop from Lake County. who was a 2017 international free agent hit just over 280 with some good on base numbers and good, good enough you know, on a uh, slugging percentage as well. He had a uh, 43 extra base hits mm. this Pucci season, mama. 16 of which were the home run variety. And again, probably gets a little bit overlooked as, uh, as far as shortstops in the system go, because like you also mentioned, uh, Brian Rocio, mm-hmm. uh, Jimenez, uh, Arias, probably forgetting somebody in that mixture as well. Um, Tyler Freeman. But, uh, Freeman. But I, I, I think Freeman's settling in more at second base. Um, right. At least for the future. Uh, so I, I've kind of, in my mind, already cast them over there. Okay. But <laughs> we're going to have... Good problem, we're good problem to figure some, out in like four years. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So he was our prospect. No, Jose Tina, 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 I think is Tanya? probably the real Tam, Tanya, probably the real Tammy. pronunciation. I think it's Tammy. Tammy. Tammy yeah. one, Tammy two. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're off the rails at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to wrap we're going to wrap this bad boy up. But no, that's uh that's a good prospect to know. So All right. So hopefully you're feeling a little bit better about the Indian season. It's not going to did obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to with the with a playoff berth. But if we're real lucky, they may have finished positives. 500. So there, there's a ton of positives. Right. It's a weird it is an interesting year in that the Indians are going to finish out of the race. They got eliminated a little bit early, but weren't really in it and may finish under 500 and uh yet there's a ton of reason to feel really really good about where things are going in 2022 so uh, we're going to talk a lot about that in the coming months so let me, let me stop you quickly 2022 and beyond yeah yep 
Exactly right. Yeah, they're they're building something real nice here, and you know, with the fresh start that the Guardians bring, I hope that that like actually, I I, I and I do believe this is that it's going to bring in new fans, and that I feel like it's a new era that a lot of people can embrace, and I'm excited to see what that might look like, especially as like the improvements to Progressive take place over the next couple of years, and it's just it's just a really it's a good time to be a fan and things are all lining up really nice and and don't let the dumbasses on Facebook uh make you believe otherwise listen to the dumbasses on this podcast so yeah. uh with that being yeah <laughs> with that being said I got an um, insider source yeah that says the unions are going to be so good so just you know believe us okay so um with that being said be sure to follow us on social as usual at Calpino Pod rate and review and subscribe Tell your friends to do the same because that always helps us. And uh, we'll see you guys later.